Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> um, I am honored to be up here this morning. Originally, Monica Terrell was scheduled to teach today, but she is ministering in Brazil. So, um, and it worked out because the date that I was scheduled was a time that I couldn't be here, so we swapped. And so I'm very, again, honored to be here during um, this time where they are ministering in Brazil still. Um, it kind of, and in fact, my teaching has a little bit to do with one reason why I feel very honored for that. Um, just a quick little note at the beginning before I get into my teaching. Please pray for Tammy. Tammy's been out sick for a couple of weeks, it feels like, and she's still pretty, pretty ill with her uh, upper respiratory illness. So please keep her in your prayers for restoration and strengthening for her. Um, and while I'm making announcements, the, uh, of course, the, we heard back from my dad this morning, and we'll speak some more about that um, as we in, later on in ministry this morning, I'm sure. But um, all positive, good reports. The reports continue to be just wonderful and miraculous and powerful moving of the spirit in Brazil. And um, just a and I, again, this will be reiterated later, but please do continue to pray for the team. Um, he said, ask the church and network to continue to pray. We need strength and continued covering. Um, and actually, I, I, in my teaching, there's something that I saw in our prayer time on Wednesday regarding Brazil that I feel like it's, that as I was studying what I was studying, I thought, oh, huh, hmm, yes, we need to continue to have this in our prayers. So, um, we will share more things about that later, but things to pray about. Thank you all for joining this morning. I'm going to silence my phone as if somebody's going to text me right now, but still, everybody I know knows I'm up here teaching, so. <laughs> but you never know. Um, <clears throat> okay, so my teaching, um, so my title is Stuff and Belial. <laughs> I really, 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 and was encouraged by my husband to do this. I really wanted to have a really goofy, funny title. Um, I was working on a couple of things. I on my notes here. I have watching out for SOBs. I also have. Um, I, I was my original title before I sent it to Scott. Before I thought better of it, I sent it to Scott. Was. Uh, how to deal with SOBs, and by that I mean sons of Belial. But, um, but I figured it probably wouldn't look good on the website to have us, one of our teachings talking about SOBs. So um, I just thought I would share that, though, because, <laughs> you know, you guys get it. We have a sense of humor. Um, but yes, yeah, so part of my teaching is going to talk about sons of Belial, which we've taught uh, we've taught about many times. We we know a lot about it, um, but I've got it's the Lord brought this back to me as a um, an interesting way that I'll explain. I um, so so actually so but but I did title it stuff and Belial, which is also kind of weird and cryptic. But because the the initial 
initial thing that I was, there were a couple of things that I was feeling before I started studying for this time. And one, one of them was that scripture about tarrying with the stuff, because that's what we're doing while the team is in Brazil. And in fact, on Sunday uh, during our worship, Stacy and our team, we discussed the fact that we were standing in the gap. We were paretzing while the team was paretzing, going forth and breaking through. And so the, the power that, that lies in us standing, not just existing back home, but standing in an active function um, while those while our team is going forward and, and breaking through in battle on behalf of the saints and on behalf of the purpose of the Lord. So that was the first thing that I really started with, which was staying, again, staying with the stuff, tarrying with the stuff. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I'm going to start with that, but it, it was interesting because I had a secondary thing that I was considering because I thought, that's a thing. Come on, Katie, that's just so cliche. Everybody knows that scripture. Nah, just don't even look into that, but I did. So that, the, that, that mindset went away. But um, I had a secondary thing that the Lord placed on my heart, and it was really interesting when I started looking into this. It led me to in a way, to the secondary thing, which we'll talk about later uh, when we start talking about Belial, which I will tell you that that was not what I set out to study. <laughs> who, who sets out to study? It's like, I'm going to pre present teaching. Let's look at demonic things. Um, I don't know. It, not, not me, at least. I don't think, I don't, I don't. And I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm fine. I don't really want to. But the, oh, this is definitely something interesting. So let's talk about Terry with the stuff. So the scripture where we see this discussed, um, it, and actually, this isn't the this isn't the only time where this happens. And because in my study, I saw even some other places where this happened, and I'll talk about it in a second. But let's let's look at this with David in First Samuel thirty, verses one through twenty six. Good, I didn't. Uh, I, I realized I kind of cut some things here because I gave you a whole lot of scripture, just big blocks of scripture. Um, and I, I tried to kind of cut some spots that I could just summarize for you, uh, but I didn't cut a lot. So first Samuel. So I'll read this to you and, and we'll kind of look at what this is. So first, a little background note is that we're going to be talking about the flag. Um, which is a city that was given to David by Achish, um, the, who was a king of the Philistines. Which is an interesting thing that David was buddy-buddy with the Philistines, to me at any point, because, you know, all the little kid Bible stories, you know, Philistines and Goliath, that must be his mortal enemy, which it is, but apparently he made peace for this time. And so Ziklag was a city of David, honestly. So let's read scripture. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire, which I think it's funny when they say that. Burned it with fire. What else do you burn it with? Um, and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either for great or small, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And one thing I thought was interesting was that they didn't kill all of them. 
they didn't kill any of them. And I think that's a miracle in itself. Because, I mean, all the other times, what do you do? You just kill, you destroy. But no, they just took them captive. Uh, continuing on. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire again. Uh, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. It's so sad. And uh, David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite, which we're going to be talking about her in a minute. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was, were grieved. And it was, yeah, it is, it is all his fault, absolutely. <laughs> I know. It, it's, this reminds me of, where's your God now, Moses? Um, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's important, too, just to note. I mean, yeah, everybody is upset, and they're trying to blame somebody, so they're blaming him, and they're going to try to stone him, they think. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, and I think that's I think that's important for us to note, that even when everything is against you and everything is bad, encourage yourself in the Lord, because he's got it. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the, thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake him, and sorry, to overtake them, and without fail recover all. So first, first note that I put in here was because last last time I taught, I talked a lot about this as well. But I was like, good job, David. He asked. <laughs> he he went and he asked because the first thing he's a man of war. You're gonna think, go, like, mm -mm. go get your wives back, go get all the kids and everything, get your stuff back. Yeah, just go, do it, like, waste no time. No, he got the ephod, he went and he asked. And the Lord said to do it. And, the, and I love that the Lord said, you will recover all. Um, so David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Bezor, where those that were left behind stayed. And I wanted to note that this word stayed is a mod, which is more like they stood. So it's a standing as opposed to hanging out listless. Because later it kind of almost sounds like that. So I wanted to really highlight that. That the, the people that are staying behind, they stood. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 of bow behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook, Besor. Which I noted that brook there can mean brook, but it can also mean a torrent. So it's not just like, oh, this little brook here. No, it's probably kind of difficult to get across. Um, so David smites the Amalekites and recovers all, and everyone is taking, and, and all the people that were taken captive. So I, skip, skipping a bit, brother. Um, and so he's coming back. And David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And David came near to the people, and he saluted them. Everything's really good, right? This is all wonderful. They just reclaimed all their taken property and more. They've reclaimed their loved ones. Everyone, shock, 
kind of amazing. Then answered all the wicked men of Belial. This is where, see, I was looking at, at staying with the stuff, and then I was like, huh, Belial. I'm seeing all these Belial things popping up in my studies, and that's why they're part of my study. Um, the wicked men of Belial, they said, of those that, uh, yeah, they were, with, they were with David. So they're not just off on the side. These were warriors that went with David, and they said, because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and children, that he may lead them away and depart. Then said David, ye shall not do so, my brethren. What that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us, delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? I like that. Who's going to listen to you? Um, but at this part, but as his part is that goes down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto his day. And I kept this in there, but that David sent portions also to the elders, which I think has some importance too there. Um, that not, they weren't even there with him. He sent them to the elders of the tribes of, uh, well, the elders of Judah, um, even to his friends. So, so this is this is that time where it becomes a statute of David saying, which I mean, honestly, if he were a mercenary or a pirate, it would only go to the people that went out there and fought the battle. But he's not. He's going to be king, and so he's really being in a righteous way. He is demonstrating. No, no, we're all in this together. And it's not, again, it sounded like in these couple of times that it mentions that they were so faint. They couldn't go. They just lied back by the brook, and they just rested. It sounds a little like that in the later parts, but that earlier part, it said that they stood with the stuff. Now, stuff, and I don't know, I did not look up how to pronounce this, but it sounds, it looks like Kelly. Uh, Kelly. Kelly, so my sister's name. Um, so stuff is the word Kelly, <laughs> which can mean it's a kind of a catch-all term. Um, it can be any apparatus as an implement, utensil, dress, vessel, or weapon. I bolded the things that were the most translated from this word in Scripture. So weapons, armor, artillery, bag, carriage, Musical instruments, actually, as well, and also jewels, jewelry and, and fine goods like that. So stuff is, again, a catch-all term, but thinking about the scenario and thinking about what these guys were doing, he left 200 men there. And it's, I, and, and actually, it's not just because 200, it just happened that so many guys were so exhausted that they had to stay. I, from looking at this, I would, I would venture to say that there's a lot of things they had with them, a lot of armaments, a lot of spoils that they had from other things, because they had just come back from fighting another thing, another group. Um, they had a lot of important stuff there, and that needed to be guarded. Um, and the reason I say that it's like, okay, it's, it's not just that that's happened to be the amount of people that didn't feel very good and they couldn't go fight, but actually there was another time, and I don't think I wrote it down, but there was another time in my studies just around this time too where, actually I think it is in the next scripture, but where David takes 
400 of his 600 men off to battle, and he leaves 200 men to stay with the stuff. So he did that regularly. So he needed that amount of people, obviously, to maintain and to protect what they had. So um, I think it's interesting. At this point, in this story in particular, that's when they highlight that, oh, they couldn't move forward. I guess that's how you choose the people that stay. But... <clears throat> But it still was important to me because I was looking at the scripture and I was thinking, and and because I was looking for the point of how we apply it to us today, how we often, I mean, I've grown up with the, those that stay with the stuff, prayed. In fact, I always think of my grandma saying that. I think I don't remember why, but probably from like being a kid and there being groups going out to minister, and her mentioning that scripture. That's a phrase that we use. But it is a principle that it's that's clearly marked here that it's like, okay, it's not, and I think when I was a kid, probably before we had the saintly walk, it was less about, it was less purposeful and more like, well, it's just because you couldn't go on the ministry trip doesn't mean that you're not important. Well, that's that's kind of what the previous mentality was or what I thought as a child. But it is, it is that we're all part of this saint's team we are all functioning and we all know this i'm i know that i'm not this isn't like a big revelation honestly but it's a reminder that this is scriptural and this is we are here and we are not just hanging around but we are standing we are functioning and as we during this time where our team is still ministering so heavily in brazil we need to keep staying with the stuff standing with what we have here, the deposits of the glory, if you will. Um, but yes, so there's there is that element, and that's that part of it. Um, before I move on, because I'm about to switch gears into the next topic, do we have any any comments on this part? Yes. Sir. Right. And that's, that's kind of like man's ways versus God's ways. Mm -hmm. and, and David was just continuing to display the ways of the Lord and leave it for other people. I love it. That's absolutely right. And I love that reference to every joint supplying because that, that, that is absolutely a parallel. I agree. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I never have really seen this as a parallel to Saul. You know, when he was there waiting for Samuel for the seven days, and the people, you know, his warriors began to leave, and he felt threatened by what was happening, that the enemy was going to come, but his people weren't going to fight. 
kid at Kazam. He also did the sitcom. English is my first language. I know it's hard to believe. But he didn't succumb to the pressures that the people had to kill him. He still asked the Lord. He could have said, no, let's go. Let's go get our people. Let's do this. You know, to, to rally the people who were fighting or who were brokenhearted. You know, he could have turned that in his own strength or through his own, you know, um, authority over those people. But instead, he still said, you know, they're going to kill me, but I, I have to ask the Lord what the Lord wants. I'm not just going to do this because I can. Right. And because I have people who are obviously willing because they're women and children out there. They would have totally gone with David no matter how or what he did. They would have been on that wagon. Right. So David didn't succumb like Saul did in that moment of pressure when the people weren't on the same page as he was. They were against him in some way. And I think that's interesting. That is, thank you. That's a really good parallel. <clears throat> and I, before I get to you, that's, uh, I actually don't remember what I was going to say. So there you go. Go, Sandra. <laughs> so, Sandra, maybe you'll say what I was going to say. Um, it, it's just such a good reminder. God answered him, and he answered him with one word, pursue. Yeah. And he didn't tell him how. He didn't tell him when, what, when, what, or where. He just used one word. And I think about all of us when we meet for prayer. So often we will say, well, I heard only, and we'll get a word. How often that the Lord just gives us a word, and I don't really, look how important that is. Look, he, that's how he guided David. Oh, I love that. I'm going to repeat that. So for any of us who go into prayer, and when we are doing it's time for us to share an insight, and we feel kind of not embarrassed or kind of think like, I just got this one word. And you kind of think, oh, I failed. No, David got one word. <laughs> Pursue. Ooh, I like that. So be encouraged, people. Yeah, Dennis. Well, I like, I like this because, uh, it, you know, we had a benefit of hindsight. Mm -hmm. True. While this was a new concept for those who went out, not to get everything, you know, those who stayed there. Going forward, he always had people stay with the stuff as well. And we look at it today, and you think that makes a lot of sense. It's not, you know, God told him the plan, right? But it makes a lot of sense to do that because how are you going to get people to go out if, when they come back, there's nothing left? And how would you get people to stay if they don't get part of the spoil when everybody comes back? So both. Both groups are are uh, incentivized. Hmm. And so from our own perspective, we look at that and say, yeah, that makes sense. And it's a reminder that when God tells us to do something different or that doesn't make sense, we need to have faith that later on we'll understand and it will make sense, mm -hmm. even though it doesn't today. Right. Just another one of those things that God does. Agreed. Um, and I did remember what I was going to say on the on the heels of what Stacy shared about salt. <clears throat> that that yeah, highlighting that thought of David went and asked the Lord, because the thing that I think is very in human nature 
is when you're backed into a corner, you got to think fast and do something. Got to act. But and it's just going back to it's going back to what I taught on the last time I taught about waiting on the Lord and not being quick to, for your knee-jerk reaction of doing something, even when you're emotionally involved or under a lot of stress. Like that, that waiting on the Lord is still essential. Okay, thank you guys. That was all really great. Okay, so moving to the next thing, though, feels like it's disjointed to me, but it really ties in, I swear. Um, so I did more stuff searching. I was searching for this word, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, um, for stuff. And I was looking at the places it was used, and that's how I mean, the, uh, uh, in addition to the fact that it does kind of list out numbers. But I was looking through the scripture, what it was translated to and everything. And I was finding an, a few, well, I will, hang on. There's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that secondary thing that I want to bring about if I should teach on, something that the Lord had placed on my heart in the past week. And that was about, sorry. <coughs> I don't want to cough in my microphone. That was about the power of our words, which, again, I thought, okay, Katie, that is, so we do that all the time. We just came out of a fast of feasting. Oh my gosh. That's just such overuse, overuse of things. But it was something that came up. Um, and it's really funny to me because I didn't even pursue it. But as I didn't pursue, didn't pursue that, but I pursued stuff. And um, the Lord led me to these, to the next topic, which was seeing Belial popping up. Like we just saw those sons of Belial that were saying, they don't get to have any spoil because they didn't go fight the battle. Um, and so I started looking into this. And actually, and so as I was looking into this, I, I, remi I was reminded that Belial is an influence of discord. And the primary function of the, that Belial principality and spirit is speaking, speaking words of discord, speaking, declaring against authority and things like that. Let's look actually just kind of a reminder. Um, I listed out a bunch of things um, about Belial here. So Belial means worthless, so of no worth, so of no value, wicked, destruction. And I started digging into the book Princes, Princes of the Dark Realm, and looking into what it said about Belial and seeing, again, I, I, the, just as a reminder, that this is the Old Testament version of the Antichrist spirit. And largely what is done by this Belial influence is speaking evil rhema. And I saw that and I was like, oh, so the Lord was speaking to me both times. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. But so uh, just looking at this, from the Hebrew belie, meaning not, and ya'al, meaning profit or benefit, so literally not. It is profitless. It is worthless. Um, I saw another thing which doesn't quite work, but I almost included it. 
I, I looked online and, and there was one group that said there's a not as commonly um, accepted origin of this word, which really more meant not having a yoke. So not being like tethered to authority, being kind of, uh, I took it off my sheet and I don't remember what it said, but being rebellious. And I was like, well, kind of aligns, but the word itself, I don't, I, I think that this is, I mean, this is more what I was seeing elsewhere. Um, this is being worthless. But that kind of rebellious going against and not having a, a yoke to attach to. Total, I mean, I, I like that layer, that flavor added on here. So things to look at for Belial. This is, this is what turned into a, um, a reminder, kind of a reteaching for us, as well as um, a timely warning for us. We're not in a fast of feasting. Doesn't mean we can't start griping and complaining. <coughs> I have to remind myself of that. But we need to be watchful of this because, first bullet point here, scriptures often reference this spirit of Belial or Antichrist spirit as coming from within the ranks of the people of God. So that is something that the enemy tries to infiltrate. And sometimes it's successful. As we can see, the guys that were mighty men of war, that were fighting with David, there were some of them that were influenced by this and, were, and, and, and acting on behalf of Bill Lyle. They were Yeah, they were real SOPs. Um, so, and so we must be, also a note was, we must beware and separate ourselves from those who are infected by this parasitic principality's influence. <laughs> I know, isn't that nice? But it is, it is something that, that's a reminder of that, that if, we, if we're seeing and sensing some evil rhema things being spoken, even from among our ranks, we need to, well, if it's among our ranks, we need to speak the truth and love about that, you know? Yeah.
was, was valid to them, and then they left, and then all the way down to where we had our own worship team who had seen it all. Mm. And they had been standing with us and thinking, why these people are rising up, blah, blah, blah. But the same thing <coughs> happened in them, in the worship team who had seen it, who had seen how this happened, who should have known better just by experience. They would say, man, I am whacked by this. That's because that's what happens. You do get waylaid by this negativity. It hits every one of us. None of, it wasn't like it didn't hit me. It's like it hit me, and I say, this is BS, USOB. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, had to, I had to say, no, I'm not going to fall prey to, you know, even my own feelings that yeah. I feel are valid. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to lay my own feelings down to submit to authority and to continue to go forward no matter how I felt. But that is, I mean, we had waves of it. But even people who had been through five years of that had seen it many times, they still fell prey to it. Yeah. And I feel like even though we may have lost some people after the worship team left, that was really the last major wave of dissenters who were really fighting against passion, who were really saying things and trying to rabble-rouse um, you know, other people. You know, they were saying, hey, this is what's going on. You know, get, on, get with us and leave with us. Yeah. They, were, they were trying to get people to leave. Mm-hmm. But after that, I don't think we've had anybody. We've had many people who left, but they haven't left the same way. Right. And Heather, they left, but they didn't <laughs> try to take five people with them. Of course, they were trying to take Isaiah and Heather with them, and it did finally work. <laughs> but I'm just saying there's some people who left and didn't follow the same pattern. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's always going to be in a new move like that. Yeah. But I think that I think that we have become mature enough that when we're faced with our own iniquity, the things that we're having to do personally, we deal with those before the Lord. We don't make that a matter of conversation with some of our best friends to say, you know, I really think pastors are doing this and this is what's happened to me and you know, I don't really think it's fair. And whatever, 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 whatever. You know, what I'm right. I don't think we really fall prey to it in the same way. But let's take let's take note and say this may be a matter of prayer for Brazil, because we know that they're not going to be immune to yeah. the enemy trying to, to splinter them. Right. Particularly hitting five or six churches at once. Think of the jealousy. Think of the competition. Think of all the ways the enemy can come in and say, you know, how come they got this? Well, how come that happened there? How come, you know, I want to be this part of the body? Or I, blah, 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 blah. Right. And we really have to pray that God will just surround them and help them to, to navigate these fresh waters for them because we know from experience what's going to happen, Katie. Yes. What the enemy's design is going to be. Yep. And I know it's a way that God filters out those who aren't, you know, who really aren't genuinely seeking him. Um, and I don't mean that in, a, in disrespect as if, you know, I'm better because I'm really seeking him, but they weren't. <laughs> but the point is, whenever I saw someone really cease to seek the Lord, we also saw them having the challenge. So we do know that things go together. Yeah. Which is uh, my main message. Anytime I ever talk to any of them, I said, you have to pray. If you yeah. don't pray, you're not going to make it. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I mean, you eat, you Take time to eat food, don't you? <laughs> you would probably die if you didn't eat food anymore. This is oh, true. This is what it is. If you want to make it, you I have to it. pray. That's absolutely right. Well, and 
that was what I was, as you were just talking about that, it's true, we are, praise God, <laughs> not yeah. seeing that same level of this among our ranks, but there's a brand new move in Brazil, and I agree, I think that's something that we need to, as those that are staying with the stuff here, we need to have that in our, in our spirits as we pray for the team there and those that are coming alongside just a covering. And in fact, if we skip to my bottom bullet point, that Belial counters the spirit of holiness, saintliness, and adoption, which that's what I was referencing earlier, where on Wednesday night, my one little vision, again, my little vision, my tiny little vision that I saw was a light blue covering that was coming down, and, and I prayed a covering of holiness, saintliness, and adoption, and we need to continually do that if this is something that that the Lord is saying, like, mm, watch out for this. That's the that's the antidote to this. Is that and that is through coming alongside and really devoting ourselves because that is adoption. That is sonship. Well, saintliness. That is what's bringing us close, and it's that that new walk. So walking with the Lord and praying continually. But yeah, awesome. Thank you, Stace. Did you have something further to say? Well, I, I, I don't know you. I haven't known. I have known you for many, many years. <laughs> well, I just remember. I remember Janie pulled me aside, and the things she said to me, and I was like, "Oh my God, Janie, don't you see what's happening? Right. You just need to submit yourself right now and don't follow this path." And she's like, "Stacy, you are you are just um, you're brainwashed." And you are, there was a term she used, it's actually biblical, I can't remember what it's called, it's um, where you're a bond, you're, you're, you're a bond, you're, that's not what the word she used, but it is, we are bond servants to this message, yeah. we are bondage to what God is saying, Yeah. and yes, you can, you can obviously turn around and make that a negativity, that's what people do when they're not willing to give their whole lives to this particular thing, and I'm totally a bondage to this, I would just look at her and go, oh my God, Jane. You have to see what's happening to yourself. And and sadly, because her and David were obviously so close, they discussed every little thing, and I believe they came into an unholy agreement about it. And it was really hard for them to, well, obviously they didn't make it. I mean, they, they succumbed to whatever their their folly was. Yeah. But, I mean, I've never discussed my stuff with Scott because I know he will take up an offense. I mean, he'll be my knight in shining armor, and he's going to defend me, and he's going to take care of everything. You know what I'm saying? You right. really can't have a problem if you you share your your problems because you still have to work those things out yourself. Yeah, with the Lord. Unless you're yep. with someone you know is strong enough to say, you know, you know, you're, you know, I understand how you feel, you know, but not go there. I just just happen to know my relationship with Scott. I know his politics are. So, so I know I want to protect him. I don't want to soil him by the things that I'm going through. Because it's just a, it's about me learning and growing and you know, but I'm just saying. So this brings division in the camp of the righteous. Mm-hmm. I mean, who was Jamie except for our biggest warrior, our biggest champion? I mean, she's down there screaming and hollering and stomping her feet, and you know, just she seemed totally devoted. She seemed like she was completely on our team, and I mean, like that. I mean, she turned on a dime. Yeah. And that is that is how quick. This can happen. Yeah. 
true. And, uh, and all the more reason for us to, to be wary, you know, just to be, and, and wary of it within ourselves. Like you said, we're mature ones, and we should, we should know better. But that's, that's, that, that's the brain when you said the, the brainwashing thing. It's like, no, 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 who's the one who's brainwashed right now? It's the enemy can get in there, and you believe it. Well, to me, brainwashed is another spiritual term if you think about it yeah. being the Holy Spirit brainwashing. That's true. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say, too, wasn't, didn't Paul say something about being a bond servant to Christ? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, that's I mean, it is, yeah. So you've got bondage in a negative way, but you've got that scripturally said. Like, let it, we, I want to be a bond servant <laughs> to this Christly walk. I think, yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, go Dennis. So cool. Um, yes, ma'am. I was kind of honed in on this second point. We must be, we must be aware and separate ourselves from those who are infected by this uh, parasitic principality influence. And um, in health circles, you'll hear people say, hear them say and teach that um, most every disease starts like in your gut, where there have, where it's become parasitic. Huh. And that it's kind of like the base of all disease. And so it's interesting that it would be as disgusting as that. Yeah. And um, this influence. And so we have to take care and be aware of, you know, of that and not let it infect us and, and then infect other people. Right. Well, that's true. And if you think about that, that's that, and yeah, that about the gut. I mean, that taking place starting out in that central part of your being to me that i think that is a parallel to this to the spirit absolutely that can affect your entire <laughs> your entire being and and the way you manifest that whatever way you manifest it um yeah in fact the that bullet point i pulled from from I, I pulled all of this from the princess book and uh, up here this these bullet points but um, at that point it actually talked about quarantine so when you talked about illness like quarantine oh you didn't mention it but yeah it, it's you're quarantining that off you're cutting that off um, I'll just touch on these couple of notes and then we'll look at the scripture but so that's associated with Baal so fun fact um, in case that was not clear Belial Baal. Uh, and Stacy touched on that point about bringing division to the in the camp of the righteous. Really, when I looked at the uses of Belial or the times that it was used in the Old Testament, that was just that was that was very much what it was. It was to bring division. It was divisive, um, <clears throat> except for the one time, which I thought was really sweet. The one time that with Hannah when she was praying and she was telling Eli. He was saying, you get out of here, you drunken woman. And she was saying, I'm not. And she said, don't think of me as a daughter of Belial. The things that I'm saying are from the depths of how, how I'm feeling. And I, was, and, I was, and I thought, oh, what is she saying? I don't think she's saying. I don't think in her prayer she was speaking evil rhema that he would think that. But I just thought that I didn't dig into that one. But I thought that was 
kind of sweet. Well, she was lamenting. She was lamenting, so yeah. So she was distinguishing that from being a, um, you know, a daughter of Belial. Right. Just because I'm not speaking something that is positive doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's not in alignment with what, what the Lord might want to do. Right. That's true. That's the place that it was coming from right. was not one of backbiting. So was, obviously this was a term that they used to describe people who were against what was going on. Yeah. That's interesting. Right? Isn't it? Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's really interesting. All right. So let's look at this next scripture. It was a big, big, big chunk of scripture for you. Isn't that fun? Taking over two pages, and I even cut some of it. Um, all right, so dealing with and not being influenced by sons of Belial. I, it was so hard for me to not just replace sons of Belial with SOB all over this. But I, I just, again, I knew people were, you never know who's going to come across this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wisdom. Uh, but yes, dealing with and not being influenced by sons of Bilal. So we're still in 1 Samuel. Uh, we actually backtracked. Yes, backtracked a little bit because we were in 1 Samuel 30. Now we're back in 1 Samuel 25. And this is where David meets Abigail, who in chapter 30 was now at that point his wife. Fun fact, not fun fact. By the way, I, I didn't, I hadn't appreciated Abigail. I mean, I always thought she was really sweet. But I really like her. She's kind of amazing. So um, we're going to look at how cool she was. Um, so giving some backstory here. Samuel is dead. Um, Saul and David kind of had just made some peace. Sort of like it was peace. But then like the next chapter, Saul's coming against David again. Um, Saul goes home. David and his men go off into the wilderness. And so then we end up coming across Nabal, which is not how that's pronounced, but he's going to be Nabal, um, which his name, by the way, means fool, means folly. It also means profane actions and disgrace. Can you imagine naming your kid? You didn't get a chance. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm betting his parents were also sons of Bible. <laughs> like, geez. Terrible. So that's his name. It's very, a uh, lot of imagery there. Now this guy is very rich. Very, very rich. I, I cut the scripture that talks about all the amount of sheep and goats he had because I sum it up by saying he's very rich. But he's also shifty. He is, he is an SOB. He is, like all the descriptions of him is that he does not act fairly. He's probably just He's probably a trickster in a lot of ways. His dealings, it, it, I think I did include it, his dealings are not good. Um, he doesn't act righteously. Now, Abigail is his wife at this point, and her name means my father. It, it, well, when I looked at it in the scripture, it said, my father is joy. And I was like, well, that's nice. How refreshing. Because I think we've seen, we've seen some of the women I can't remember which one, but it was the one that was like, my father's gone. <laughs> like, that's the name she, the poor woman received. Uh, but this one is, my father is Joy. And then I actually was like, I Googled it to see baby name meaning because I thought, what is that? And it actually, it means my father is Joy or my father's Joy, which I was like, that's lovely. Aw, that's a, okay, Abigail. She's, she's pretty great. Um, so the thing that we see here, now the thing is, if she's her father's joy, or that her father is joy, why 
the heck did they marry her to this so-and-so? That's my question. What happened? But we don't have anything to know that. <laughs> but this is so strange. But obviously we can see if she wasn't married to Nabal, she would not have been across paths with the future king. Oh, and those, things, those marriages were arranged. Yeah, they were. But again, why would you arrange that? I made a property. True, money. That's true. He was really, really rich. Yeah, that's unfortunate. A lot of, a lot of women were married off to, to men who were not that amazing. No. Valid, valid point. This is true. So let's look at this because she's, despite that, she is pretty pretty awesome and very much close to the Lord. So I started at uh, 1 Samuel 25, verse 3, because I summed up verses 1 through 1, 1 and 2, which was about sheep and goats and everything. Um, now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. Just told me their meanings. She was a woman of good understanding. So Tob, and understanding is sekel, which is prudence, knowledge, sense, wisdom. And of beautiful countenance, of course. Uh, we had to clarify that because it, why else would David be interested? Um, but the man was, yeah, that's true. I mean, she was a good understanding. The man was churlish, which casse, which means stiff-necked, hard-hearted, hard-hearted, sorry, or cruel, um, and evil in his doings. That's what I was referencing. Raw in his doings, his actions, all of his his labor, all of his work is raw. So he's probably, I, I'm thinking he's a shifty businessman. Um, and he was at the house of Caleb. I don't know why I kept that bolded. Um, unfortunate to me anytime I see these ne'er-do-wells and it's like, he's the son of the people of this person. And we're like, well, Caleb was kind of awesome. That's a bummer that his <laughs> any of, you would think any of your descendants, you don't want them to be this type of person, but oh well. Um, so pausing there, uh, where am I? Oh, I kept this in here for you. So here's my little summary here. I skip a bit. So David sends men to Nabal to ask for provisions, and, and the way that he does, he's very, he sends them with very respectful, very peaceful sayings like he's very it's really kind of awesome and and the thing is apparently he had they had been abiding in the same area with his shepherds because again this guy had a lot of sheep um and they had protected the shepherds and treated them kindly and um so when he asked me about this favor asking for provisions he points out that he preserved his shepherds when they were in carmel which is where nabal is originally from uh, but Nabal was like, no, he refused, doubting who David was and if their claim was legit, which, I mean, understandable. You've got some random guys coming up to you saying, this David is our leader. Granted, I think everybody knew who David was at that point. He wasn't the king yet, but still, they knew. Um, and so then David was mad that he slighted him in this way. Um, and so he is out for blood, literally. So he planned to attack him. And I noted this, he was, he was going to take 400 men with him and 200 men will stay with the stuff. And it didn't say anything about they were too weak to go with him or they were, they were sleepy or anything. No, this, was, this is how I was like, you know what? I think this was a common thing. I think he needed those 200 men. How much stuff did they have? 
Um, so, but, so this is going on, and David is really, really, really enraged. And, but Abigail hears about it from her servants, um, and she intervenes. And so I did keep the scripture in here that, that shares how, how she hears about it. So, but one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good to us. So this is like, this is one of the shepherds coming from his voice. Like, this is how they had treated us. They were good to us. We were not hurt. Neither missed we anything. They didn't take anything from us as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. They, they were a wall unto us both night and day. So they were, they were protecting them. That's pretty cool. They were a wall. And all the while we were there with them keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what thou wilt do. I love that they're going to her and saying, what are you going to do about this? For evil is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a son of Belial <laughs> that a man cannot speak to him. I love this. Like, well, that we all know that that's what he is. So Abigail, she made haste and took 200 loaves, 200 bottles of wine, five sheep ready to be dressed, and five measures of parched corn, and 100 clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of figs, and laid them on asses, and then said unto her servants, Go on before me, behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. I highlighted that because she's not involving him. He's, he's an SOB. We know that he's not going to be okay with this. Um, and it was so that as she rode on the ass that she came down by the covert of the hill, and behold, David and his men came down against her, and she met them. Okay, so I skip a bit here, um, just a little bit. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience, and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not, my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. For his name is, so as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. I like that. She's like, yeah, his name is right. It's correct. He's, he's, a, he's a fool. Um, so before I continue, she's putting herself in that place. In order to protect herself and her, her household, I don't think to protect Nabal because of what, we, what else we're seeing here. But she's stepping in. She's standing in the gap, which is pretty cool. Like, that's kind of amazing. Like, um, and, and the courage that it took for her to go to a man of war that had 400 men with their swords to go and kill everybody, she went up to them, like just went straight up to him. Um, but I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord whom thou didst send. So she's like, I didn't see your guys. If I had seen them, I would have talked to them. I would have given this to them. But unfortunately, I wasn't there. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from shedding, uh, coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies that are, uh, and they that seek evil to my Lord, be as Nabal, and now this blessing which thine handmaid hath brought unto the Lord, my Lord, sorry, let it be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. So she's, she, 
I want to point out, and do I want to talk about it yet? The point here, and I, I made sure to bold it, she said, the Lord has basically stopped you from coming to shed blood with your own hand. Did we notice, I mean, I skipped some stuff. Did David ask the Lord if he should go and attack them? He did not. He was pissed. <laughs> Sorry. He was angry. And he just reacted. He reacted. And honestly, come on. The guy said, oh, I'm not going to give you provisions. That doesn't sound like he really did that much. So he was, his pride was hurt. It was not that he stole his wives and did anything. Like, none of that happened. It was just that his pride was hurt, and he, he railed on Nabal. But she comes on behalf, and she's saying that the Lord is stopping him from doing this. She's acting on behalf of the Lord. I think that's really cool. Um, so continuing to read on verse 28. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid. Because again, she's taken the iniquity on herself. So forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. She's speaking these prophetic things. I don't know if she, well, I'm going to keep reading. Um, because my Lord fighteth the battle of the Lord, and even hath not been found, I'm sorry, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Yet. Because <laughs> he was about to commit evil on his own there. But she stopped him. If a man has risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle, which is Sarar, by the way, of life of the Lord thy God, Yahweh Elohim. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. Interesting reference there. And I wonder if she knows the story about giving Goliath and the slingshot, or if that's something that the Lord's speaking through her necessarily. I don't know. It's an interesting thing there. I just thought. Here's where, to me, I'm thinking, does she, do people know David's been anointed king? Is this common knowledge, or is this something that the Lord is just speaking through her? She says, and it shall come to pass when the Lord have done to my Lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of the heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. So by the time that you become king, because the Lord's going to do it, the Lord has promised a lot, when the Lord accomplishes his promises for you, this isn't going to be an issue, because you won't have shed blood without cause. Uh, but, when, but when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. So when everything's all good, remember me. So um, I just thought this was really interesting thing for her to be saying to him. She doesn't know him. He doesn't know her. But she's speaking like she knows all this stuff. Well, no, no, she was rebuking him in a certain way. Right? Yeah. He could have killed her right there. He could have. He was, his blood was up. He probably could have just done it. But, and he was going to kill her. Honestly, he was going to, to destroy his household. So she was probably going to die or just be taken as a concubine. Um, so the things that here uh, that are interesting to me, prophetic declarations she's making here. Um, let's see. 
and yeah, I think I've already talked about all of these in my notes. So she's preventing him from stepping into an evil act because the Lord didn't tell him to do that. The Lord didn't tell him to avenge his honor. He was just going because he was mad. Um, so, and David responds well. So, and David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which has sent thee this day to meet me, and blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. So he recognizes it. He's received that chastisement. He says, ah, yeah, praise God and bless you for coming to stop me from doing something I really shouldn't have done. For in very deed as the Lord God, uh, Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting me, except thou hadst hasted to come to meet me, surely there had not been left unto Nabal, Nabal by the morning light any that pisseth against the wall. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him, and said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice, and have accepted thy person. So one thing I want to point out, and the reason why I'm really getting into this, um, there's, there's obviously more to it, but hearkening back, because this is an enthralling story, Nabal is a son of Eliab. And by his very act of being and being nasty and just refusing David, he allowed himself to be influenced by that. That, to me, the fact that he was going to just turn and knee-jerk go and kill everybody, that's him falling prey to this influence of Belial. That's how powerful that can be if, you are, if you're open to it. If you're allowing yourself to be open to the receipt of that, that spirit. If someone's, people can be annoying. People can be rash and frustrating like this fool, Nabal. But you can't, you can't let that get, get into your gut and make you turn from the Lord, because that would have been bad. The Lord would not have been happy that he did that. He would have paid for it. Um, and I realized what time it is. I didn't realize. Didn't, I had not paid attention. Um, I will do a little bit of skipping here, but just looking to so the next little bit, so Nabal goes and he has a feast, he gets really, really drunk, and the next morning Abigail tells him all about this, and it, it says that uh, he, when she told him, his heart died within him, and he became as a stone, and then ten days later the Lord smote him and he died. And I was like, did he have like a seizure or something? Or, I mean, it could just be a spiritual, like he became like frozen. But, um, but I was like, that's interesting. So basically he died. And then when David found this out, he was, he said, oh, praise God. The blessed be the Lord. He hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and hath kept his servant from evil for the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. So God took care of it. David didn't have to go and kill everybody. He needed to let it go and put it in God's hands, right? Um, and that's how. And honestly, it was he, he, the Lord prevented him from falling into the trap of a Belial influence, really. Um, but I love that it's by God used this woman that was ex described as having Tobe sense and understanding. 
um, and clearly speaking the truth from the Lord, that righteous truth, just kind of being brave and bold about it too. Um, and then after that, he sends for her and he marries her, which, what a great wife to have. I mean, come on. You want to have, you want, you want to have a spouse that is, that is of Tob understanding. Absolutely. Uh, since it is so late, I will just kind of take a look and I can have you, you can look at it, but, um, we'll start closing. I put in here other notable situations of Belial. There were, there are others. Um, I did not include Hannah, but I talked about her earlier. Um, but we've got the situation with the tribe of Benjamin where there was a bunch of sons of Belial that, that raped and killed a concubine. And then that's the one where the, his, his, her husband, quote unquote, cuts her up and sends her body off to the tribe. But from that, it basically destroys the tribe of Benjamin. They almost obliterated them. Um, so that because the tribe of Benjamin stood behind these sons of Belial, they wouldn't give them up. So that influence can destroy an entire nation. Um, Eli's sons, who destroyed his entire family, the Lord cut his entire family off. Eli tried to tell his sons that that wasn't right, but they didn't listen. And I was thinking, well, what else could Eli have done? Well, he probably could have done a whole lot more. In Bible time, I don't know. He could have done a whole lot more, I think, but that's why the Lord was like, nope. Mm -mm. Jezebel also utilized sons of Belial to lie about Naboth, and that caused his death. Um, and then I also thought it was interesting that in the New Testament, there's a situation where that scripture that talks about don't be unequally yoked, and I included it here, uh, but it talks about being unequally yoked together with unbelievers, and it, and it kind of pits some things against each other. What does righteousness have to do with unrighteousness? What does communion, or sorry, or what does light have to do with darkness? What does Christ have to do with Belial? So these are, he's pitting things that are completely opposite of each other. So we're seeing that, that is that Antichrist thing. But I just, I felt like I should include that, though. I know we know that, but I felt like that should be something noted. I know that people in my generation, um, it, you, you, especially, especially single people who really, really, really want to find a spouse you start to get really desperate, and then you start thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not speaking from my own experience, obviously, but you start thinking, well, he's so wonderful. He's, I, oh, he's really sweet to me. I'm like, well, is he a believer? Oh, yes, he loves the Lord. Is, is he a believer? Like, is, being unequally yoked can destroy you. So, like, I don't know. I felt like I should say that. Like, so if anybody's listening and needs to hear that, read that scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17. And be cautious because it's comparing that with Belial compared to Christ. That's kind of a strong word. Um, so, in, I mean, in closing, and I can ask, I know we're, we are way out of time, but um, again, so it, it ties together in a sense. It sort of ties together. It is a thread. Um, but we all the things we've talked about, but it, finishing with this Belial influence. And you know, it's, it's, I was really praying, covering, before I brought a, a reminder teaching about a 
principality. It's like, oh Lord, <laughs> yeah, cover me extra as I'm reading this. But for whatever reason, the Lord puts this on my heart for us to look at and just be wary of, be cautious. If we're starting to hear it from others, hear things that seem to be uh, backbiting or counter-authority or just really seeming to go against the purpose of the Lord, whether it's with, from, coming from within ourselves or coming from those around us, we need to nip it in the bud right away. Um, and we do need to be praying for Brazil and all of the nations as the, as the Lord is bringing alongside new people to the saints' walk because we've been through it. We know what it's like. And just really, I just, I just speak it from this place of authority. I just cover us, all of the saints, and all of the soon-to-be saints, the new saints, with the spirit of holiness, saintliness, and adoption. Just ask the Lord's covering over all of us that we be preserved. And when faced with Belial influences, we know how to identify it, and we know what to do, which is not join in, and to see it for what it is, and speak the truth in love when need be. Um, so I just declare that in Jesus' name. Um, was there any further comment or any words from anybody? It's good. All right, well, I'll just close in. Thank you, Lord, uh, for this word. And again, Lord, I ask that you would, you would again, refresh this in our spirits and sharpen, sharpen our understanding, sharpen our skills as warriors. Let us know how to identify these things. Don't let us become complacent or feel like we're safe from this because we need to be aware. Lord, just keep us, and, and don't let us be fearful. Give us, give us your wisdom and your understanding to move forward in your tobe. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we just, once again, as those that are tarrying with the stuff, Lord, we, we thank you for what you are doing, the mighty things you are doing. We pledge ourselves that we will continue to stand both in the final days of these, uh, the ministry in Brazil and going forward as these new saints move forward, Lord, we continue to lift them up and to intercede on their behalf. Lord, strengthen them, strengthen our team, and unify us as your saints. We love you and we praise you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.